0: of the weekend wire we're somewhere in the 130s um this or maybe the 140s this is we're about a week in now to the season um last time we did the episode was a week ago exactly and each team has played around five or so games um we had some good some teams that have impressed us and some teams that have not uh for for each for those categories but we had to start with the hardened trade here that went down on believe like Monday night, at like one in the morning or Sunday night, one in the morning, something yeah, like that. Like Monday late. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Harden gets his way again. He gets traded to the Clippers for along with PJ Tucker for uh, KJ Martin, uh, Batum. Um, I didn't write it down, but a couple of picks. I think there's two, two first rounders in there. Upex, yeah. Yeah. The Sixers were they did some deal on the side with the Thunder where they like kept one of them. Um it's kind of confusing, but um headline is Philly got some wings back and uh they're free of this situation. And Harden is now on the Clippers. He's gonna actually play on Monday night. There was some PJ Tucker actually played last night, which was really surprising to me. It usually takes a at least a couple games to sort of sort these things out, but looks like they're ready to go. Um and first thing that popped out to me was um, Westbrook, Harden, Kawhi, and Paul George are all unrestricted free agents in 2024. So if this goes mm-hmm. bad, it could just it could just be a mass exodus of all of them, which I think is hilarious. Um, and the 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 Sixers have the potential to have like 50 million in cap space of their own next summer by getting off of Harden's contract. So watch out for that. Um, but on the basketball side of things. Um, obviously this is where, this is where he wanted to go. Um, it, it was the Knicks, Knicks and the Clippers early and kind of went into the Clippers for pole position. Um, he gives them something that they've lacked, which is a true point guard, a true distributor. Um, it's been a lot of ISO ball over there. They've kind of, they they tried to get John Wall to fix this situation in the past. They've tried to get Rondo. They've tried to get a bunch of veterans to do this thing and, Big part of it is to keep the load off of Kawhi and PG Um Harden is sort of the best, one of the best innings eaters that you have, where even if those guys are resting and one of them's resting, um, he can come in and, and run the offense. Um, he said he's not a system player, he is a system. He said that today. Um so I love that. I kind of think, yeah, it's true. Um and he and I think the the existing shooting that they have. Oh, Mark Marcus Morris was the guy who also went to Philly um in this trade, who hasn't the reason why he's an afterthought is because he hasn't played this whole season. And I think his last relevant years was like 2021 when he got blocked by Gobert in game one. Um, and really, it, like, that's yes. the last memory I yeah, have. Of that's, um, yeah, that's pretty fair. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> what, what do you what do you see on the basketball side of things? Um, I guess we'll start with the Clever side of it.
1: Yeah, uh, I like it for
2: the Clippers. Like you said,
1: uh, Harden kind of of comes in and just gives a break for Paul George and Kawhi, and we've kind of seen how much of a load that they've needed to take on in in the past few years. Last year, I thought they actually kind of struck a a nice little balance there with getting Gordon in there, obviously with Russ in there. Um, But Harden is is probably about the best option that you can look at um, when it comes to kind of floor manager and kind of getting the offense into things. Uh, I think it's going to help just because, like, Kawhi and PG like as good as they are like I don't think they're best like they're not at their best if they have to handle the ball and kind of be a point guard for that team I think it's a little bit better especially for Kawhi to just be more of a scorer in that in that uh, system and uh even for Paul George I don't think he needs to be handling the ball as a as a point guard um so I like it a lot for the clippers um I, I like the problem with them is that like everything I say, I'm like, well, if they don't have injuries, I really like what they're doing, right? Um, I think Zubac is gonna love playing with Harden. Um, I think that the Clippers' offense is probably gonna be about as unstoppable as there is in the NBA. Um, but again, like that's counting on all three of those guys plus Russ playing, and you know it's. Uh, it's gonna be good, I guess, in the regular season, because like Harden in the regular season can kind of pick up the slack in like the games that Kawhi or Paul George misses too. Like those aren't just kind of write them off games anymore. Like you still have like a you know potent third star, and like I mean this is a guy that what dropped two forty point games in the second round of the playoffs last year. Um, played pretty like pretty damn good against the Celtics. And so it's, you know, you're not really getting as old as he is. Like you're still seeing the flashes of what he used to be. So I like it a lot.
0: Yeah. um, I think this team is going to get up a lot of threes and you, you have a immediately pretty solid pick and roll partner with uh, Zubats, who's probably going to keep starting, but then the PJ Tucker addition also gives you the option to go small, um, which we've seen them go away from. In the past couple of years, when they signed Plumlee, um, they kind of have committed to to playing the bigs. But now you see that they have a choice there, um, which I think is really going to help against teams that force you to make that choice, like like Phoenix and um, you know we could be, I guess, not Sacramento, but maybe Golden State uh, teams like that. Um, the uh, Dallas, the maybe. Dallas as well. That that sort of force you to go small. So I like the versatility side <laughs> of it a lot, um, especially just. Like, you know, them saying we need to take the regular season more seriously. This is a big part of that. Um, yeah, yeah it allows them to really like they've punted. We've seen them punt on so many games the last couple of years, and it's it's hurt them in the playoff seeding. Where, you know, last year if they don't if they don't punt, maybe they get the third seed instead of instead of the five seed. They're playing Sacramento. Maybe they win. Um, and you know, with with them, it's always who knows. As long as their guys stay healthy, um, even even if it's like a war of attrition thing where. One of the stars goes down, you still got. Let's say PG goes down, you still got Harden, Kawhi, and Westbrook to a lesser extent. But um, you know, you know, you now have Harden and Westbrook that can really um, that can really step it up in the regular season games and those guys aren't able to go. Um, I think the the catch and shoot threes side of it for all all three of Harden, Kawhi, and PG is interesting. Uh, whether Kawhi has the ball in his hands or it's PG or it's PG just sort of distributing to Harden. I want to see what Harden does off ball. Um, and that we, and, you know, in Brooklyn, yeah. was kind of like unstoppable immediately when he was off ball. Um, so I wonder how, what, at what level that's going to get to, it probably won't be the same. Um, but like, I, it I might get so, close, man. Yeah. I like the idea of, of Kawhi and PG just being able to stretch the floor and attach an attack closeouts when Harden has the ball. And, you know the pick and roll stuff is just immediately so much better with Harden, and it it opens it up for for Zubats, um, and you know PJ Tucker, like the lineups they can go to where it's Westbrook Harden, or not even even if you exclude Westbrook, it's Harden Terrence Man Kawhi PG Tucker. That's pretty that's pretty great. Um, you have you have five yeah. three point shooters and four out of the five are strong strong defenders. So. um, I really like what they did. I don't, I I, I mean, I think this helps them ultimately. Um, Harden. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Harden kind of gets a bad rap, but you look at what they gave up. It's really not that much at all. Um, And you think, you think, I think a big benefit of doing this now, rather than waiting to the trade deadline, which is probably what I think some people expected to happen with uh, Maury being on the other side of this for the Sixers. Like they now have basically the whole season to figure this out chemistry wise. Whereas 50 or 60 games in you're ramping up towards the playoffs guys are left resting left and left and right. Like we've seen this before with, with the nets where, you know, they make the hardened trade in the first year and they don't really play together because Durant's injured and and Kyrie's missing games because of his bullshit. And, you know, um, so (laughs) like you, you're kind of, you're kind of taking yourself out of the problem. (laughs) There's a really prolonged injury. Um, So yeah, I like what they did. I I think I think in terms of where they where they stand now, I think this does put them up. I think this does put them above the Lakers. um, In the the yeah, definitely. And I'd say they're probably pretty much dead even with Phoenix. I I like them better than we are, man. You think they're better? No doubt. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd probably agree. I think I think the Nuggets are, are still on the on a tier of themselves and obviously the Grizzlies have been off to an awful start, but um I, I think I, I i take them over the Grizz Warriors. I think I think they're they might Minnesota, be second or third.
2: Here.
0: Yeah. You're pretty high on Minnesota before the no, season. No, I think they're above Minnesota. I mean Minnesota's like okay. I think Minnesota like matches up with Denver well specifically. And like yeah. everybody else, it's kind of like they match up well with Memphis. I guess we've seen that before, but um, they're kind of a a weird team in and of themselves. So yeah, I think this puts the Clippers this this second second wave of the West here, where there's kind of a bunch of teams grouped up. Um, yeah, is that how you see it? Yeah, um, I think they're pretty solidly
1: to me. Like it's a as long as they stay healthy, I think they're probably the second best team of the West at this point, right behind Denver. I still think there's a bit of a gulf between Denver and every other team. Um, Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the stuff that I've seen from like Phoenix, I still worry about some of the shooting around the big three that they have. Whereas I think the Clippers just kind of have like this depth that we've kind of seen has worked in the past. And like there's just so much more shooting. Like, I don't know. I feel like I can trust their shooting a lot more um, around the top guys. Um, And yeah, now it's just a matter of them for staying healthy, but I, I think they are pretty solidly above, above the Lakers. Um, although I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of the Lakers right now. Um, been kind of up and down and like LeBron some days, just like turning it back to how he was like five years ago. So like, I mean, if that continues then maybe they're not. Um, and obviously like the two teams played yesterday, uh, no Harden in that game, but um, you still kind of got a taste of, of what the Lakers can still do. But uh, yeah, I think, it's like the offensive possibilities with this team is just ridiculous. And I mean, we've talked, I mean, the reason that the Clippers have been so high for the last few years with just Kawhi and PG has been the elite two way stars. We've seen what Kawhi can do on both ends of the floor in the playoffs. Um, And now you're just adding like a, an unstoppable offensive force to that. So it's, I don't know. I'll be scared if I'm anybody else in the West, um, if this team is healthy. I also wanted to mention, like, the three-point numbers, like, they're already kind of insane for the Clippers. Paul George is shooting over 50% on eight takes a game, uh, which is kind of ridiculous. And then Kawhi is at 47% from three on seven takes a game. So I think I had six in the first half last night or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, once you
2: add Harden to that, I mean,
0: <laughs> I'd be scared. I'd be scared. Yeah those looks should, should only get better. Um, so they can keep knocking down. I think this is a scary team. I agree that Denver's kind of in its class of its own, but yeah, I think, I think right there in that second tier they're probably at the top. Um, and yeah, yeah, we haven't seen the full Phoenix squad yet. Um, I think, I think it's probably a little bit closer than you think, but um, I mean, that team has injury has injury. These are kind of the two, the two hypothetical all-stars right here. So um, yeah. like you've, you've got the three <laughs> guys who are, who are, I mean, Booker, I think it's a little unfair to call him like injury prone, but all the other guys. No, yeah, yeah, the
1: other two have been a little iffy. Yeah, Um, the Beal stuff is just weird. I don't really know what's going on with that because he was supposed to play opening night, and then yeah, the back injury just like never reported
0: on, and and yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm slightly concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I would be. Okay, to the Philly side of this, um, the obvious thing is Max, he's already averaging like 30 points a game, um, and you're opening up all the space for him. He's been attacking in transition like nobody's business. It's kind, of, it's kind of like no one really has the foot speed to keep up with him. It's kind of like a jaw thing where he's just kind of pushing it and he gets that floater or you have to foul him. So he's been really fun to watch. He's probably a mortal lock for most improved player um, unless – Yeah, I
2: mean, if he keeps unless- it up. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, unless they make another trade here with with some of the like the interesting thing about this trade for them is they trade all the guys that they traded for in, in this deal are expiring contracts and they do they could still trade. I think they're 2028 20, and 2030 picks. So if they wanna, as Daryl is adept to do, if they want to go out and get another star, they definitely can. I don't know who that is. There's been a lot of Levine talk with the Bulls. There's been a lot of DeRozan talk with the Bulls lately. And if that team goes sideways, um I mean, I, I can't imagine they'd want to do the the towns thing with with how the two towers has gone so far. But um, I, I would look I would look for Levine as a super obvious candidate there um, for what they're trying yeah. to do. the Bulls finally decide to to blow it up. Um, but yeah, I think I think this obviously it removes the distraction for them as a team and lets Maxi get out there. They still got. I mean, I think Harris in a contract year, it's, it's just like one of those things where he's always going to play better. Um,
2: and yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, Ubre has been really good for them. Um, so they, they have a lot of shooting around Maxi and Maxi and Embiid. But you're gonna see Maxi, you know, be the be the focus of the the defense at least from a guard perspective every night. So see how he handles that pressure because it's not going very well for Desmond Bain right now in Memphis. So um, it's not just it's no. not always one to one. Um, like you remove you remove the main guy and the production goes up. So. Um, yeah what do you you think of Philly now that they've kind of moved on yeah I thought like getting rid of
1: the distraction part was probably the biggest thing for them right and uh, I think that like ship had already kind of sailed uh, a long time ago even with the coaching change and all that like it was kind of time to move on from that Um, and I mean Maxi is is here you know he's more than here he's Averaging 30 a game, um, and I, I don't think you're going to really miss the production that, that Harden was giving them. Um, come playoff time, I think it might be a different story, um, unless they're they're able to make a move here. Um, I think they do still need to like go out and get someone if they want to challenge like the Bostons, Milwaukee's, uh, the top of the East. But uh, for the regular season, yeah, I think they're going to be totally fine. Um, Embiid's playing at an MVP level again, and so... I wouldn't really be too worried about Philly. I think we might have underseated them a little bit if anything uh, from the yeah. first few week, or first few games of the season it seems like because um, we thought they were kind of squarely behind like that New York Cleveland that little second tier in the east but they might still be that that third best team in the east.
0: Yeah, and, um you know, they probably should have beaten Milwaukee last week on this yeah. teams first game of the year it came down to the wire and Philly kind of had some blunders. I think the Bucks are working out a lot of kinks of their own which we'll talk about later in the show but um yeah I agree with you that we might have we might have underrated them a little bit Cleveland's looked not not great to start and uh New York neither neither has New York those teams have played each other twice in the last two days but um both of them sort of had their own injury injury stuff to deal with especially on the Cavs side of things but um yeah I mean especially in the East there's just a lot of new faces there's not a lot of continuity there um so I think you're going to see like a big like fluctuations in the standings a lot. Whereas the West, like a lot of these teams, like, you know, your, your Dallas, your Denver, your Lakers or Lakers, Pelicans, even the Wolves, like those are year over year, kind of the same warriors. Obviously um, the Clippers are kind of the only ones along with the Suns, that are, um, that are in the, that are trying to contend that are kind of like, have rebuilt their team over the last season. So um, these is just kind of kind of a wild place for a lot of these teams working out their new stuff. Um, okay, so we're gonna go to we've got four teams early on that we've been impressed by, and we've got four teams that we have not been impressed by. Um, so on the impressive side, we're gonna start with uh the Thunder. They have been a really fun team to watch um especially their first two games they beat the bulls on the road to start they hit a bunch of threes and shea was just unstoppable um sort of the same story versus the Cavs. i think later in the week last week um they did get destroyed by denver on sunday um it was the first like expected. the first like afternoon game of the season so there were a lot of eyes on that and they got yeah. destroyed and chet like Jokic was dominating chet which is expected but i mean the thing that stands out to me is just SGA driving. He's right where he left off. He can get to any spot he wants inside the arc. It seems like, and if he doesn't like the shot he's getting, he's going to pivot, pivot, pivot. And now he's now he he kind of trusts the guys around him more. So it's not always a shot he can pass out. Um, Chet and SGA defensively, like they're just they're getting steals, they're getting blocks. Like they just they're just kind of menaces. Um, and Chet's like, Chet's like shooting these trailing threes. He they're doing, they're doing like pin down stuff and, and handoff stuff. There's just a really fun team to watch. And case and Wallace is playing for them early. Um, they just, they rotate all those guys. Like they just have so many guys that, that they sort of need to, it was, it's kind of like the Celtics about like, like 2018 range where they just had so many guys, like they were trying to play and, and see, see what was what but they've got. Like legitimately like 12 guys that are, that are young and probably want more playing time. And they're trying to see like who, who deserves it um, on this roster. So um, that's been really fun. It's fun to see so far. Um, They, they did lose last night to, to my Pelicans. Uh, We had a rough first quarter, then came back and won the game. But um, I mean, I think it's, it's clear that they're going to be in the thick of team, thick of things they are definitely not a rollover, like they have been the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, they're, I think that this team is going to at least contend for a playing spot, uh, if not higher. I'm sure their their sights are set a little bit higher. Uh, like you said, I mean SGA has had an insane start to the season, um, kind of picking up where he left off last year. Um, but yeah, the supporting cast around him this year, Chet has kind of you know I, I definitely had my question marks about him, and I mean obviously the. Jokic game wasn't the best look, but I mean, outside of that, he's looked pretty, pretty incredible. Um, he can just do so much for them. Uh, he can shoot the ball. He can dribble. Um, you can kind of have that little two-man game going with him and SGA. Like there's just so many options for them when he's out there on the court. Uh, they are just in like, they're incredibly long, like as a team. Um, I think their starting lineup, like is just huge overall. I think Dort's probably the like smallest guy on the court that starts for them. Um, it's like, it, it's just a lot of length to have to deal with. And when you got five guys and kind of all dribble the ball and get like, you know, kind of create for themselves in a certain way. And you, now you have the shooters around SGA Um they are going to be trouble for a lot of these teams, you know, and it's a lot of, it's a new kind of team. So people aren't really used to them. There's no real scouting report on a lot of these guys. They're all kind of getting better. They're developing a lot of new things. And so it's one of those scary teams to play, especially early in the season, because you just don't really fully know what to expect outside of what you're going to get from SGA. Um, So yeah, I've been really impressed with them early on. Uh, Even in the loss yesterday, it seemed like, you know, they like the pieces are kind of all there. Um, It's not really the two losses they've had, it's not really stuff that you worry about. Um, that Denver team is going to kind of run through everybody, it feels like, this year. Um, and even the Pelicans game, uh, I think SGA tweaked his ankle. It was like early third or early fourth, something like that. And so he's kind of a little bit hobbled there throughout the second half. Although in clutch time, he, he kind of just played through the pain, and he, you know, he's making plays like normal. It was uh, pretty impressive.
0: Well, he had um, a shot for but, a win that I thought was going in uh, the three- the yeah
1: i mean he had a great great season in the clutch last year um and so you always worry like if you're the other team you always have to worry about him in the fourth quarter late in uh late in close games so um i, I think this team is probably one to watch uh they do play fun basketball i have had a friend that is an okc fan that's been telling me to watch them for the last two years now and finally hopping on the train and they are indeed as fun as he said they were to watch Uh, a lot of ball movement, uh, a lot of guys making plays and, uh, it's, yeah, it's just a a fun time to be an OKC fan. I think really, really bright future. And I think that they could, they could make the playoffs uh, much sooner than I think we anticipated the rebuild. Yeah.
0: Um, they, you know, they're, they're right in that group. The West is wild with, with, um, you know you perceive them to be with the wolves warriors nuggets i mean not nuggets wolves warriors pelicans you know lakers it's just gonna be a dogfight every night um and there's definitely a couple teams i missed in there too grizzlies if they get their stuff together mavericks potentially too um but yeah i think what you said about the scouting report stuff is definitely true like these are guys that a lot of teams have kind of been not paying attention to like when in the past years you've seen OKC on your schedule, you've probably thought that's a free win and it's really not that way anymore. Yeah. Uh, and they, they'll come out and they'll, they'll hit you. Um, and, you know, the shooting is something that they've kind of lacked and they've, and they've definitely made uh, strides with that, whether it's Isaiah Joe, um, SGA himself, uh, Jalen. Oh, okay. Joe's a killer, man. Yeah.
1: I saw that dude live. Yeah. I went out of Phoenix for that one game. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Shoot it like crazy. Shoot it. So, yeah. So, they 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 play really fast, um, and they're they're all young, so they're not going to get tired. And and there's no you know Shai's Shays resting tomorrow, but other than that, you're not going to see a lot of load management from this team. So um, they yeah. they they have arrived. Um, so we mentioned Denver, who's who we expect to roll through everybody, and that's pretty much what exactly they've been doing. Um, they played, they did get blown out by the Wolves last night. Um, uncharacteristic for them, they had a lot of turnovers. National. <laughs> yeah, could be a bad matchup, um, yeah. Yeah. and uh, they they blew the doors off this this Thunder team. They they've been winning the non Jokic minutes um, early in the season. Um, usually, this like it's kind of been a theme with this team the past four or five years. They've they've kind of re- they've had a really slow start to the seasons defensively. Um, that's not been the case this year. They've been pretty locked in in that Lakers game on opening night. They they were really impressive defensively, and um, even more so versus OKC. Um, I think they held Shea to like three of 14 or something like some horrible shooting number like that on that yeah. game yeah. Um, where it kind of seemed like a lot of people were expecting the Thunder to win because, you know, there's no, the the Nuggets, they're perceived to have this championship hangover like any other team that won the finals, but there's definitely not one with them. And you sound immediately. immediately uh-huh. um, what I've seen too is, um poor juniors like swinging the ball more they're passing up good shots for better shots um and a lot of that comes down to him because he's he's a lot of he's a lot of time he's getting the ball off of these murray and Jokic um exchanges um and that's hopefully that's that's sort of he's potentially stepping up into what bruce brown gave them last year where he's able to distribute a little more he's getting a lot of rebounds too uh, just a better defensive player and maybe more of a team player overall. I mean, their starting five is ridiculous. It's easily the best starting five in the league. Um, we've seen that, and then their bench is just this collection of guys that that plays really hard and can um, come up with these with these kind of momentum shifting plays from from Christian Brown and um, Peyton Watson, who's who's been uber athletic so far, but. Um, They've got a lot of a lot of different ways to attack you for sure, and obviously Jokic is just the hub of everything, and he's been he's been himself to start the season. So, yeah, uh, seeing a lot of love for
1: KCP too um, on the defensive end. Uh, a lot of people think that he could be making one of the all-defense teams. Um, and this team, I mean, all the way around, it's just like those Bruce Brown minutes that you know maybe it was the biggest concern after their off seems to just kind of been filled up by this like um, mashup of, of different guys that they've been able to find, whether it is Peyton Watson, like you mentioned, Zeke Naji's gotten a little run, Christian Brown, obviously from last, uh, last year's playoffs, he's kind of carried on playing um, at the same level. And so, I mean, when you just have like these many guys off the bench and you're kind of like, I think the offense might be the only thing that you worry about without Jokic, but, like, you've been saying, like, they've been finding a way to win those non-Jokic minutes anyway. Um, and if that's happening, like, I, I just don't really see how this team, uh, you know, how this team gets beat. Um, Minnesota, like we've said, is a weird matchup. Um, but uh, outside of that, like, they've kind of just cruised through the, the first part of the season. And, I mean, they, they look like they are – like, there's no hangover. They look like they're ready to jump into the playoffs immediately. Um, probably the most impressive team outside of, um, the, I think, the team that we're about to talk – the team that we're talking about next.
0: Um, but, yeah, Denver has been just kind of cruising. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they're picking up right where they left off, and it's it's been impressive to see. Um, so the most impressive team has been the Celtics. Um, they had a 50-point win against Indiana last night. Um Halliburton didn't play, but, I mean – their, their defense they put up they put up 150 points so I'm not really sure like what that yeah. what that changes um, <laughs> yeah they they've killed everyone other than the close season opener versus the Knicks um, on the road even you know that I mean like the Knicks have been a bad matchup for them recently so like for them to
1: get through that game was really yeah. impressive and Kristaps was unbelievable
0: yeah Kristaps was great in that game I mean like when they're swinging it out to Kristaps and he's you know he's seven four. Versus Horford, who's kind of got that slow release. It, it does make a difference, little things like that. Um, they're averaging the most points per game in the league. They have the best offensive rating in the league at 126. Um, it's a little similar to last year. They started 25 last year, but they were shooting like 50% from three for the first month. It really hasn't been that um, so far. It's been a lot That's more stuff, like, like driving, and um, Derek White's been doing, doing that, and uh holiday setting the table for somebody and then porzingis has been has been in the paint and and from three so uh yeah they've been unbelievable um they, their net rating right now is 20.4 um a lot of that comes from winning by 50 last night but that is insane um they're one oh, of them yeah. with only two undefeated teams left or about to, we're about to talk about the other one but i mean they've been the regular season juggernaut that we expected um and more um and they played they played the heat the heat played them in boston and the heat were up for a lot of the game and boston really turned on the the uh turned on the jets in the fourth quarter and, and blew them out and It ended up being like a 10-point game um so i think they're they're out for blood and uh, you know the bucks have the bucks have struggled a bit and we're going to talk about that um soon but uh, Tatum is Tatum and Luca. I think are your are your top two for MVP right now, and um, he's looked the part. And Jalen Brown, you know, with that three hundred million, he's sort of taken step step back, but you know that he can he can get it done when he's called upon. So um, yeah. I feel like there's almost not that much to say about this team. I mean, like they just have so much talent, and I think the Porzingis part is definitely yeah. the biggest the biggest thing so far. But um, we expected that because that's an upgrade.
1: Yeah, I mean, Porzingis has just been. Like I didn't expect him to be this good this early, um. But the shooting and like what he adds for that offense, it just kind of unlocks a lot of what like Tatum and Brown have been doing the last few years. Um, it's just giving Tatum so much more room to work with too, which is you know like that's he's gonna feast in those situations. He's at the point in his career now where like he he kind of understands how to use that space a lot better. Um, I think if anything, like the only thing that you might be slightly concerned with. Is maybe like their depth doesn't you know it isn't as good as in past years it feels like but like it still feels like they're gonna be pretty fine to kind of cruise through the regular season. No one's really having to play that many minutes. Like Tatum's playing thirty three minutes. Jalen Brown's playing a shade under or shade over thirty two minutes. Um, just because they've been like blowing these teams out. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, uh, the Knicks game was was honestly the most impressive for me, um, opening night, and to go on national TV, or not opening night, I think, second night of the game, or second night of the, the NBA, one of the first two days. It
0: was, on, it was the Wednesday
1: was so season yeah, opener. Night. Yeah, um, but yeah, season opener for them, and they come out, and I mean, the Knicks played them well, R.J. Barrett seemed like he had some stuff going um, but they just kind of locked it in in that fourth quarter, and, like, we kind of got a taste of, of what that closing lineup is going to look like uh, for Boston, and it is scary. It's scary.
0: Yeah, that uh, – I mean, the fact that you're able to bring White off the bench right now and, and kind of conserve him, and, you know, they're a team that can withstand a lot of injuries too, um, whether it's Drew or, or one of the Wings or even Portingus, um, because they still have Warford back there. Um, I think the concern about this team that we had and was really just a playoff thing was the, the front line and, and what happens if those guys get in foul trouble. But I mean, that's really not going to happen that much during the regular season. So, I mean, I fully expect them to, to they could be nuggets East where they're just, they're just running away at the top spot. Um, and I think, I think that's probably what you're going to see happen, especially since the bucks are kind of working out some kinks right now. Um, okay. Yeah. I thought the bucks would be a little better to start, but now it seems like Boston's just, yeah. And I guess that's the benefit of the continuity. So yeah. Yeah. They have a little bit more continuity in these other teams. Um, yeah. Drew's
1: so easy to like plug and play. So
0: yeah. Drew is not demanding that you run the offense around them. And then Porzingis is just an upgraded version of a role, man. And even a he's a, he's a three and D he's a role, man, he's can kind of do everything uh, as long as he's out there. So um, the other undefeated team that league right now is the Mavericks. They, they, uh, played a close one with the Bulls last night. were able to, to get away. I think Derek Williams – I mean, not Derek Williams, Derek White. Derek Williams is the guy who went, like, second in the 2015 draft or something out of Arizona and was a bust. Um, Grant Williams – a is, throwback right there. <laughs> yeah, Grant Williams had, like, seven threes last night in the win. Um, they're playing a lot faster this year, which has definitely been the main thing I wanted to talk about. Um, in past years, they've kind of been locking it up with Luca. Uh, they're in the top half of the league in, in past years. They've kind of been bottom five. Um, and this is going to make Lucas counting stats ridiculous. Um, before last night, he was averaging, averaging like 41, 10, and 10. Uh, it went down a little bit. He didn't have a, a great scoring game. But, um, man, they're, they're their offense are Went down to 33.8. Yeah, so it went. it's still 33.8, but it's, like, yeah. close to a triple-double. Um, and, you know, he's going to have these insane scoring games, too. Yeah. Um, they have the second best offense in the league behind the Celtics. More than fifty percent of their shots are coming from three. Um, that's a crazy number. Um, they've upgraded the shooting a little bit with with Seth Curry and having Grant Williams out there, a capable shooter, and who can also play defense. And then the lively piece. Um, uh-huh. He's been catching lobs. He's been he's been deterring a lot of shots at the rim, which is not something they really had. And at least at least out of a guy that was that was young. I mean, they had. Javale McGee in that role, but he wasn't very great. Um, but Lively, the rookie out of Duke, has been has brought a lot of energy to this team. That's that kind of is that a team that feels young but kind of feels old at the same time. Um, and then Hardy, another year of Hardy and Josh Green uh, continuing to attack closeouts and, and shoot off of the Luca and Kyrie drives. You were a lot higher on this team, so. Um, Yeah,
1: man. Uh, I've been high on them. I'm so glad that they're kind of panning out. Um, It's sort of been like what I kind of saw from them a couple years back when they made their run to the conference finals. Um, You know, you go and like you said, like they shoot so many threes. I think they're making the most threes out of anybody in the league. They're shooting, I think, like the third best percentage from three out of anybody in the league too um and you're kind of seeing that the attention that luca gets which kind of just killed uh, especially phoenix in that 2020 uh two playoffs but i mean it just seemed to kill everybody uh that year where like you're having a collapse to luca once he gets that little bit of penetration and he has the guys around him that are hitting at such a high clip i mean grant williams he's shooting 55 percent hardy's shooting 50 percent hardaway has been unbelievable i think it was the San Antonio game where he just came in and it felt like he changed the game. Cause like Kyrie got off a little bit of a slow start. He's honestly been had a little bit of a slow start to the season overall. Um, But Hardaway jr. Just comes in and I mean, he is hitting contested threes. He's taking pull-up threes. He's making them. Um, He's just such a dynamic piece. And like now you're bringing him off the bench and it just kind of changes the dynamic for that team where like you now, like all the depth concerns that we might've had for them, it kind of goes out the window um, when you're able to bring a guy like that. um, That's just so dynamic off the bench. And I mean, obviously luca has been playing amazing, but like I I really think it's more the role guys right now that are um, kind of carrying them through Um, the three point shooting is huge. And like, they have a lot of guys that can kind of do that drive and kick role. Um, It's not just like Luca and like you're counting on him to kind of get into the paint, you know, Uh, however many times a game to try and kick out for these shots. Like you have these guys moving off the ball. Um, It feels a lot more fluid maybe even than it was two years ago. Um, It's not as stagnant. Um, The big question with this team is the defense. Uh, Like they're, I think I have to pull it up here, but I think they're like bottom 10 and defensive rating in the league right now, which like compared to their offense is like a pretty big drop. Um, yeah, so they're 19th in defense while being second in offense. And so like, that's kind of the big question mark is, is can they kind of sustain this level of three point shooting? Um, but I mean, with the looks they're getting, like, I don't see them really missing that many threes. And the
0: thing is like, if you're second or if you're like top five, you can afford to be in like, you probably can't afford to be bottom five in the league, but you can afford to be bottom 10 if your offense is that good, especially in today's NBA, we're like, we're you know, the team that hits 20, 23s 20 wins a lot of the time. Like you can afford to be yeah. in that level. So. Keep that Especially
1: up. when it's threes, like if you're getting threes for the other teams, twos, like it really doesn't matter you know, how leaky your defense is. And like, they, yeah, they just don't, <laughs> they find ways to make these threes, man. And yeah, they're getting such good looks is, is the scary part. Um, Cause it's so hard to defend a team. And like you said, they're playing a little faster now. So it's even harder to like kind of, you don't really know what's coming. Um, the ball movement feels faster, even in the half court. Um, so it's just, yeah, I really like what I'm seeing out of them.
0: Yeah, they've, the the threes are the biggest thing, and um, we've seen that help them and hurt them in the past. But um, you know, another year of Kyrie, maybe they maybe they mesh better together. Um, and, you know, lively. He's had
1: a weird start of the season, man. He looked awful against San Antonio. His counting numbers are still awful.
0: Like I don't really know well, what's up there. He does. He does weird stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of. Does. Does. <laughs> so, um, yeah. it's, it's not surprising, but um, you know, they they have Luca to carry the load. So um, I, I I'm I'm interested to see like if the shooting numbers keeps up because I think that's going to be a big story. Like they're going to have stretches where they make everything, you know, stretches where they don't. Yeah. Um. Okay. Moving on to the bad, the first team we're going to hit is the Bucks. Um. They've looked. Very iffy to start the season. They probably should have lost to Philly in their first game. Um, they got blown out by Atlanta at home. They got blown out by Philly, uh, not Philly, they got blown out by Toronto last night. They gave up 130. That's a real bad to loss, man. Toronto team, which is really bad. <laughs> Horrendous. <laughs> not all this year, where it's basically just Siakam and Barnes. Um,
2: yeah, they're even get the ball that much.
0: yeah. their defense is <laughs> Bottom 10 in the league in effective field goal percentage and defensive rating. Um, it's mostly been the defense, just like the rotation stuff has been, has been really bad. Like just teams are screening them and they're, they're like, they're half a second late getting reacting and half a second late rotating on some of these drives. And, um, that can lead to a lot of points and sort of snowball itself. So it's, it's been a lot of that. Um, but also dames had some weird games to get six points versus atlanta in that loss they're only like they're not doing the pick and roll between dame and Giannis nearly enough they're averaging like eight eight of them a game it should be it's really be, like 20
1: they um are, they are the 61st ranked i think uh pick and roll duo which like that should be top 10 easy like they should yeah.
0: be running yeah that's a uh, that, that should be a go-to yeah yeah um oh yeah <laughs> Uh Middleton also clearly not back to himself. Um he's missed some games that they're like subbing him in and out of games for this for like un reasons that are unclear. Um so he he hasn't been he hasn't been himself yet. And I mean they really need him to get back to the level that he was in 2021, 2022 because like otherwise, you know, they're they're not deep enough to withstand this kind of stuff. They're playing bow champ a lot. Um I think I think the Dame and know, I I the defense that. is going to prop up a lot of this. Um, like they should have an elite defense still with the with what they're able to do at the rim, but man, it, it has not looked good.
1: Oh yeah, no, I was going through some of the numbers, and uh, I don't know if you follow Bucks Film Room on Twitter, uh, but they actually had a really solid piece um, talking about the the fast break stuff, which uh, is funny because like two years ago, that's like. That's their bread and butter, right? Like we constantly talk about how like our team is going to slow down Milwaukee. Like they dominate in the fast break. Giannis is obviously probably the best open court player in the NBA, um, and you're constantly kind of trying to figure out ways to beat this team in transition, or at least how do you limit them in transition? Um, first of all, like their defense defensive rating overall is 29th in the NBA, but probably more concerningly than that, they were dead last in transition offense and defense uh per cleaning the glass uh the, for the season so far, which is unbelievable. They've given up the second most fast break points uh in the NBA so far. Um it's just like you can't win games when like you have the most explosive player in fast break and yet you are losing every like you're losing the game on fast breaks essentially. Um Toronto did that to him last night a little bit um but it just seems to be like a pattern for them throughout the season uh the perimeter defending has been atrocious which like we expected a fall off I don't think we expected this big of a fall off and I think we kind of expected Brooke and Giannis to kind of make up for that um but they just can't you know do it and I mean we saw it kind of with Utah having the same problems where like if your perimeter defense is that bad it doesn't really matter who's behind you like you're still going to give up a lot of buckets um and i think milwaukee's like end to that point now or like they really gotta like they got they gotta stop and, and take a look at what they're doing because like i know it's early in the season but like those kind of trends like you got to fix those things pretty early um you know you don't want them kind of showing up in the playoffs because it's just going to gift a lot of free wins away um yeah, but yeah the, the fast break stuff was like just stunning for me like reading through that where like that this is a team that's literally built for fast break play and like at least the fast-break defense should just never be a problem um, for them. But uh, that's been a problem. And then offensively, I mean, uh, the Stott stuff that was kind of weird, where, like, he kind of left the team right before yeah. the season started. We obviously heard about a little bit of friction between him and Adrian Griffin, uh, the new coach that came in. Um, I, I don't – obviously, like, I don't think we really know the full story behind that. The Athletic reported it one way, but like, it was also kind of – like. Kind of implied that they had beef between them, but like it didn't fully outright say that like Stotts left because of Griffin. Um, But whatever the case is, I mean, Stotts was kind of the offensive guy. Um, Stotts had worked with Dame before for, God, I think it was like seven years or something uh, in Portland. Like they had a long history together. And so when you kind of have that happen before the season, uh, it's going to have an impact and I think we're starting to see that impact right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, go back to the basics, man. If you're in Milwaukee, like, like at the very least, like Bud for all his flaws was very good at like knowing what the team did good. And like, even if you couldn't adjust, like he, he yeah. kind of built the team to play one way and they did that really well. Yeah. Um, but it just feels like the team doesn't really have um, anything to fall back on right now. There's no real identity with that. And I mean, yeah you kind of expect that from a team that makes a blockbuster trade like that, but like, it's not like you threw away your entire team. Like you still have Giannis, you still have Middleton. The core feels pretty much the same. Um, And yet, yeah,
0: it it just doesn't feel like the same Milwaukee team that we've
1: been used to seeing for the past few years.
0: Yeah. I would love for someone to ask Dame in a press conference about the stats thing just to see. Oh my God. Yes. Some sort of a, like he probably, I mean, obviously he probably won't tell you the whole truth, but to get some sort of yeah. vibe of what that was, because the story has just been so unclear. And I think, yeah, I think that can really, I think that can explain a lot of the offensive stuff. And maybe, maybe he was kind of acting like the head coach because Dame was out there and Griffin wasn't happy with it. Um, but who's to say? I think I would the, be surprised. The, yeah, the transition stuff is definitely concerning. We've got Giannis, who should be able to, to score very easily. And um, you know, maybe they're an older team, so they're not getting back all the time, especially Dame. But uh, I think the like. You're expecting this team to have a blistering offense and, and hopefully still a top half defense. And you know, if that's not the case, you really, yeah. can't think about it. so um, it's very early. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be in the mix um, down the road, but yeah, not a, not a great start. Um, moving to the West, the only team that is without a win yet, it's the Grizzlies. Um, they're Owen five. They got completely destroyed by the Jazz. In Utah last night. Um Clark is out right now. Sant, uh, uh Saldama or Santi Aldama is out right now. Um and Adams is out for years. So that's three of their big men, their power forwards and centers out right now, uh, which means they're starting David Roddy at power forward. He's 6'4. Um Ja obviously still have still has about 20 games to go in that suspension. Um and it's kind of just been Desmond Dane out there, um, even even Kennard's missed a couple games. Marcus Smart's doing the best that he can, but he's not, he's, I mean, he's not, he's never been that guy. Um, and they just, I mean, it's been, it's been bad both sides. Jaron Jackson um, is doing all that he can to cover up the holes, but um, they have the worst offense in the league um, 104 points per 100 possessions um, and the worst net rating at minus 11.5. Um, and my takeaway is it's just not going to get better until they get some of those pieces back. They signed Biombo, um, and maybe he can help the team as soon as that's this weekend, but I mean, he's, <laughs> he's what, like 38. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. yeah so, that's not,
2: that's not going mean, to fix. Yeah. It's good
0: off of the secondary action. You know, he'll have games where he hits seven, eight threes and can get, get a spark going, but man, it's looks rough and they need job back, but you really can't afford to like, they cannot afford to be, like, 6-19 and 19 when Ja comes back. So,
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the offense is concerning, but then even, like, defensively, it's like they're not playing that good either. And, I mean, that's, like, the really surprising part when you think about the fact that you have Jaron Jackson Jr., you have Marcus Smart. Like, we're talking about guys that are, like, perennial defensive player of the year candidates, and you can't really feel a good defense around that. It's kind of surprising um so yeah i don't really know what the fix there is for them without like getting some of these pieces back like you said because i think we both thought that they'd be fine without Jaw because they have been in past few seasons um but i guess like the magic's running out a little bit bane may have a little too much on his plate this year for the first time Uh, and yeah i I just think that they need to, to start maybe thinking about um how they can kind of you know, get a get a spark going here on the team, and and Biombo is not quite going to be that spark. I hate to I hate to say it as much as I love that man. Um, he's not really a fix for for what they have going on.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Aldama is not going to make that much of a difference. I think Brandon Clark is a guy that we all like, but they just need more creation. Um, to to fix that offense, that defense had you have a baseline with with you know bane's a physical defender smart's a good defender you have a baseline with jaron jackson as well but uh, i don't know where you look for the offensive help uh, i really don't so i think it's yeah, the,
1: the biggest miss really for them might be um the fact that they lost tyus last year right yeah like, i can't remember where tyus is now in washington. Oh, washington oh geez okay that's why yeah um but yeah i mean he kind of like i mean he was like a starting level guard it felt like and and probably the best backup point guard in the league arguably um for the past couple of years and like he's just a guy that you can like trust um to come out there and like run the offense and have like stability and kind of create stuff for your other guys um and without that yeah i mean like it's it's a bit of a struggle man
0: um
1: and yeah, there's no easy
0: fix like pick the third option like it's just not yeah it's like a process yeah. sixers team. It's rough. Yeah.
2: No, seriously. Um, <laughs> um, I think this just, yeah. I
0: think that's definitely the most concerning team, but I think the second most concerning team is the Heat, and that's who we're gonna talk about next. Um they are one and four, worst record in the East. Um the one win they have at least have some like positives though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On past performance, maybe they Their their only win is a one-point win in in their first game of the year at home versus the Grizzlies – I mean, versus the Pistons. Um, Bottom 10 offense in the league, and uh, I think they're, like, 18th on defense. Um, So not not a top 10 or top five defense like we're used to seeing. They lost to Brooklyn at home last night, and Brooklyn was missing Claxton, Cam Johnson, and Dinwiddie. Um, So three of their starting five. Trenton Watford was, like, killing them. It was rough. Uh, Um, I mean, the team got worse after two long playoff runs. They lost Struess and Vincent, that were both huge pieces of that offense, especially eyes and Vincent. Vincent was basically playing point guard for them. Uh, Yeah, Caleb Martin hasn't played yet um, at all. But I mean, Jimmy's averaging like 18 points a game, and for them to survive, that needs to be like probably five or so points higher. Um, Yeah, and they're not getting to the line. They need to replace some of the shooting. They do have this guy Drew Smith, that looks like he has some <laughs> potential. He really popped out in the Celtics game. I literally, I literally was watching. I was like, I don't know who that is. Who is that? Three. And he immediately hit like three threes in the second quarter or something. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, that's how they do. Drew Maybe he's someone to watch. Um, they shine. They yeah. signed Richardson. They signed um, Thomas Robinson. Richardson's been horrendous. Yeah, Richardson's yeah. look back to his Philly self and back to his Pelican self, maybe. Um, he hasn't been great. So, actually, he was okay with us. He was not good on the Spurs. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they've, they've looked concerning. And, um, you know, this is a team that that always turns it on, and they have the coaching. Yeah. It's not bad. And they have, you know, there's a proof of concept here. But, man, it's looked bad.
2: Exactly, exactly. I'll make the positive case. So, yeah, they they got guys like Haywood Highsmith. I think came back against Brooklyn. That was his first game. He goes three of four from three. That's promising. He's uh, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. I think, uh, or at least will be this year. Um, so you know, like they're, they're promising signs there. They they got some you know potential shooters here. It's not really sure who's going to pan out. But like you said, Drew Smith, Yovich has gotten some minutes. Uh, Kevin Love's still shooting the ball well, and Robinson's probably underperforming what, what he can shoot like. Um, Hero has
1: been playing great. Um, he's been kind of creating all the offense that
2: Miami has at the moment, um, but he's been doing it really well. Oh, Hero's um, been great, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, so that's, you know, another positive to take out of it. Um,
1: Jimmy, yeah, probably does need to be better. He might need to turn it on a little bit earlier this year than, than he likes or – You know, usually does. Um, Bam seems to have taken a pretty big leap forward offensively. Uh, It seems like some of the stuff that we saw flashes of in the playoffs last couple of years have like kind of fully come to fruition now. Uh, I think he's scoring over 22 points a game this year, which is pretty impressive for him. Uh, I think the scoring stuff has been kind of stuff that we've been harping on with him for a while now
2: um so yeah i mean like you know the flashes are there we know the process is there we know spo and what he does and so it's harder for me to be worried about this team because it feels like
1: they do have everything in place and especially once caleb martin comes back like it feels like they have what they need in place um the the big worry for them i guess is yeah like they kind of need that secondary creator as well um, Memphis is kind of missing like a primary creator too, though. Um, like uh, I don't know, Bane, I guess, is to a degree, but like Bane doesn't really like run an offense in the same way that Hero can. Um, but yeah, the non-hero minutes have have really been a problem for Miami.
0: And like, they're, yeah, they're just not finding enough offense. And Lowry's a year older, yeah.
1: And um, I, I don't know whether that's like Jimmy, like playing more with the bench guys and like finding a way to like have him facilitate a little bit more. Although, like, from what I've been seeing, like, in, you know, Jimmy's not really vibing with the bench guys either. Like he's not kind of taking them to the next level. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. They, they might be the one team that might need to, well, other than Memphis that needs to like try and actually go out and find some sort of deal for like a backup guard.
0: Yeah. And they're, they're great at making moves off the margins. They could pull up a guy from the D league in three weeks. That's just going to become like the, yeah. new, the new Duncan. <laughs> um, I wouldn't worry yeah. so much about them, but uh, you know, one in four, like, That's not great. They haven't beaten any. It's not like they've beaten anyone good. So uh, every game for them, like I just want, I just want to see it. Um, I want to see them beat a good team. Um, Okay, moving on to the Knicks. This is a little more of a a stretch. I don't think their start has been that bad, but I tried to come up with four, four, four good things and four bad. Um, They lost at home to the Cavs last night. The Cavs are missing Garland and uh, Jared Allen, who hasn't played yet. They lost a close one to the Celtics in their opener. Uh they did blow out the Hawks. Um and the Hawks have sort of come that on. Surprise me. Yeah. The yeah. Hawks the Hawks have been super up and down like the last couple games. Like they blew out the Bucks. They had a great win last night. Um just kept kept the Wizards at bay. But um, like early season they were bad. I think they won. I think they started 0 and 2 and they've won three in a row. Um, so they're kind of the Jekyll and Hyde, I think. I think last week when I was looking at this, I think the Hawks would have been a team we would have talked about in the bad they turned it around. Um, yep. Just watching that game last night, man, just like Mitchell Robinson, it's – like the style of Tibbs having him out there where he's just – he just gives you nothing on offensively. Like he
2: – Offensive boards, offensive boards. Yeah.
0: <sighs> Yeah, I and he, had, he had a bunch last night. I guess it's giving you extra possessions. Yeah. man, like he just lumbers around. He's always just hanging out in the dunker spot. It's almost like Ben Simmons. Like I just I would almost like I'd almost rather see see Hartenstein in the in the starting lineup and have Robinson come in for spurts. Like I think they need I think they need a big that they could start that could shoot. Like if if only they had Kevin Love. Like on this team, I think that would be uh, so yeah, sick. Um, like yeah. if they had to stretch big at all, it just doesn't seem like they do. Um, the Cavs last night, there's a close game. They were more than happy to send them to the line. He's just always making one of two free throws. You're just kind of <laughs> possession, possessions away. Right now they have a bottom five offense, which is not what we're used to seeing. And they're, uh, <laughs> they're middle of the pack. Are we
2: that surprised?
0: I mean, last year they were great and they weren't turning the ball over, and this year they're turning the ball over a lot. And uh,
2: Yeah, you can't do both. You can't be bad and turn the ball over. You can kind well, of get away with The reason why they were good
0: is because they weren't <laughs> turning the ball over, and Randall is only averaging 13 points a game. Uh, Barrett's actually been Randall's the Randle's been yeah, horrendous. Yeah, randall has been really bad. Uh, he, he, can, he can't hit the broad side of the barn. Um, yeah. Like, Barrett's actually – Barrett's been the bright spot, honestly. He's been the leading scorer on the team um so maybe he goes- looked
2: awesome against Celtics I thought yeah
0: yeah but man Randall is just he's so cool, up and down like even last year in the playoffs he's bad and it's really the Brunson show but feels like every other year he's good
2: <laughs> yeah yeah man I mean i they got to figure something out with that offense, and you, you might be right. Yeah, like they they might need to make a move for a big that can actually kind of either space the floor a little bit, or at least offer you something a little bit more than like sitting in the dunker spot. I
0: think it's more of a regular right. season game. Like I, I still think their playoff formula being super physical works um, a little yeah. better, and maybe so
2: matchup dependent. Man,
0: it also could be as simple as playing Mitchell. I mean, playing Randall at the five, like, I and mean, he's got to like
1: actually shoot well. Like it kind of you're you're yeah. losing the offensive rebounding and the shooting at that point. If like Randall's is bad and like you're playing it with the 5 needs better, but you can that,
0: slide Barrett be down the floor really potentially and yeah. start <laughs> DiVincenzo or start hard or start quickly. So I think there's weight. like what DiVincenzo
2: gave them. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more of them. Um, yeah,
0: I I don't know the the Robinson thing just really stood, stood out watching that game.
2: I didn't think, yeah, I really didn't think that was where you are going to go with that, with the whole Knicks segment. Like, I didn't think Mitchell Robinson would be the one, like, under heavy fire from JT. Well,
0: like, Randall was bad, but, unexpected. like, just, like, watch, I know, just watching the offense, it was just, like, Brunson's just, like, under heavy pressure and, like, like is Robinson,
2: just there. <laughs> he's like
0: barely setting screens, and even when he does, like you don't want to give it to him in the roll because they're just gonna push him instead of letting him go for the lob, and he's just gonna yeah, miss. It's the- not
2: even a good roller, right? Yeah, yeah, he's just gonna man. miss
0: the free throws anyway. It's like, and then Randall's useless. Like if Randall's better, then then this is this this is not really a problem. So.
2: That's a moot point. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, they, yeah, a lot of their guys have been struggling to shoot the ball too. Grimes has been shooting pretty bad. Josh yeah, Grimes Harms, was bad last night. Well, Josh Hart's kind of streaky. Yeah, so even DiVincenzo is only shooting thirty five percent from three. So um, yeah, so, some of the shooting's going to pick up, I'm sure. But uh, it's pretty hard to space the floor. Yeah, when you got Randall playing that bad, and you got Mitchell Robinson, and I mean even Harnstein doesn't really help that a whole lot. Uh, he's not really a space space big kind of guy. No,
0: so. he's not. But I think he's he's not afraid Same. to go to the line. I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Although maybe he should be because he's not shooting that much better from the line either. Is he below 50%? He's below 50%. He's at 61.5. Jesus.
0: <laughs>
2: it's, it's not good, but it's not a
0: horrendous.
2: Yeah, maybe thing. it's not worth it then. I, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, some of these, I'm looking at the numbers right now, and it's bad. Like, even Randall's at 64% from the line. Like, it's, yeah. Whew. I don't know. That that team needs a little wake-up call. The defense has still been great though, right? They're like top five in defense, I think, still. Yeah, yeah. It's, the signs are there. That's a positive. They are, yeah, sixth in defense right now. Oh, okay. The signs point. are there. They'll turn around, I think, but uh, yeah, that offense, so oh boy.
0: Okay. Um, I think that's all we got. We will be back probably next week to talk about whatever the hell happens over the weekend. And there's a bunch of games every day. Watch NBA crunch time. In season games. Yes. All right. It's in tournament games. Yes. The (laughs) tournament is going to start tomorrow. It's going to be seven games. All of them will be the in season tournament. So I think like, I think they're doing them like every week, every two weeks. Um, so you'll know cuz you'll see the courts and you'll see the crazy jerseys see the skeletons, uh the skull or the I don't forget really what the I'm calling them. the, the pelicans oh, their skulls um on our on our jerseys oh god okay that's kind of scary it's like no black reason. purple and green doesn't fit our color scheme at all um but you'll you'll know you'll the idea is you'll know that you're watching an in-season tournament game because the courts will all be different, the jerseys will all be different. So, um, and tune into NBA Crunch Time because that is like red zone for NBA and it's great. Um, I think it's JT's most, new favorite toy. Yeah, most like in, most like Wednesdays and Fridays. I think it's going to be on. Um, I would expect that you can look that up and figure out when it's going to be on. It's free. It's on the NBA app or the website. And you watch it on your Xbox or Fire TV or whatever. Um, so there you go.